with Siyata Dishmael, let's continue on our lessons of knowing God's plan by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzato of Shalom. And this is Da'asa Tevunat. So let's continue here with our lessons and the conversation between the rabbi and the student. And so now um, the rabbi says, what we have described so far is not the final stage in the revelation of God's oneness. In the end, God's perfection will cause all deficiency and evil to disappear completely. The world will remain in a state of perfection since only God's absolute good will prevail. Then God's oneness will be experienced as a tangible reality. Consider the consequences of this. The inevitable revelation of God's perfection means that although man was created imperfect and deficient, this state of being will not last forever. It's just a temporary state that must eventually be corrected. However, there are many ways that this can come about. And so, let me explain all this in more depth. The present imperfect state of the world is caused solely by the concealment of God's presence. God did not want to cause his presence to eliminate the world right away, making it perfect from the very beginning. Instead, he hid his presence and made the world imperfect. And this is based on the fact that the light of God's presence certainly brings life and perfection and its concealment is the source of all evil. Later, we're going to discuss this concept in more detail. However, the ultimate purpose is not for God's presence to remain hidden. Rather, the purpose is for his presence to become revealed at a later stage, thereby removing all evil from the world. And this evil has been caused exclusively by the concealment of his presence. So God therefore created a precise system in order to bring about the revelation of his presence and the hidden light of his goodness. So one of the ways this revelation can come about is through the actions of man himself, namely the fulfillment of the laws and teachings that God gave us in his true Torah through which a person merits eternal life. This is because the reward for fulfilling these means both is the spiritual light they, they give to rise. This is the light of God's presence, which was hidden from man when he was first created. The concealment of this light from man meant that he should now have a very demanding task. His negative drives would rule over him, making him subject to numerous deficiencies and distancing him from the source of life. However, the performance of the mitzvot causes God's hidden light to shine upon him. By carrying out all the mitzvot's required of him, he perfects himself and fills himself with the light of eternal life. So even if man does not choose to follow God's mitzvot and perfect himself, God's oneness will nonetheless be revealed. He will not conceal his light from the world forever. But in that case, he will rule over the sinners with unbridled wrath. And they will have to endure their punishment until their sins are completely wiped out or until their coarse hearts are humbled in repentance and they are allowed to live. And furthermore, since God's, God concealed his presence only in order to reveal his glory at a later date and bring us back to him, even the free choice we now have will not exist forever. And so here's our note that says that now that we have seen that God would inevitably perfect the world even if man does not choose to do good, it follows that the period in which man has free choice will eventually come to an end. And this is because his free choice is dependent on the existence of imperfection and the capability to sin. And once the world is perfected, there will no longer be this capability. 
And so to continue, he says, this situation where our actions determine whether God bestows good or bad on the world based on the preponderance of our deeds will not last forever. God has decided on the time period necessary for the rectification of all the souls that he created. And some of them will achieve this through their own righteousness and other through sincere repentance and yet others through the sufferings they will have to endure. The time that God made is 6,000 years as our sages have stated in the Talmud. And after that, God will transform the whole world. Humans will become like purely spiritual beings rather than like donkeys. They will be divested of the gross physicality they now possess and of its negative consequences, the evil inclination and its effects. And even in the messianic era, which is before the end of the 6,000 years, the evil inclination will disappear. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will cause you to keep my laws. And so furthermore, Shlomo Amalek speaks of the years when you will say, I have no desire in them. And we see this in Koelis. The sages tell us that this refers to the messianic era when there will be no possibility of earning reward or incurring guilt. And the reason for this is clear. When man has purified, of, has been purified of the evil inclination, he will have no choice but to serve God. And so therefore he will not be deserving of praise. And so however, as part of the process of the revelation of God's oneness, he allows the world to be swept along by the turbulent events of history for whatever length of time he chooses. So at such time, evil prevails in the world. In the end, however, this will lead to the demonstration of God's total mastery over everything. In the meantime, he does not prevent evil from doing everything in his power, even if this brings the world to the abyss of darkness. And this in no way means that the world is going to self-destruct. Even at such times, God's power is absolute. He brought everything about. He bears everything while it lasts. He inflicted the wound and he will heal. And so there's nothing that does not come from God. All of this should provide great strength to the faith of the Jewish people and prevent us from becoming discouraged by the length and terrible bitterness of our present exile. On the contrary, God is the one who allows evil to do everything it possibly can, as, as he explained. And in the end, the more evil inflicts its burden of suffering upon the world, the greater will be the revelation of God's total oneness and of his absolute and unlimited power over everything that exists. From amidst the very death of the numerous and terrible travails, God will most assuredly cause the redemption to spring forth through his awesome power. And here's a note here I want to bring out that says that if evil is only moderately strong and then becomes destroyed by God's absolute power, one might still think that there's a more powerful type of evil that can oppose his power. But when the most powerful type of evil imaginable reaches his full strength and then is turned into nothingness, by God's awesome power, it becomes clear that there is no other power than his and he is the only God and that everything comes from him. So now let's summarize what we just learned here in the summary that that uh, Rabbi Moshe Hanuzato gave over. And here is a summary where it says, it says here, 
Um, where were we here? Hold on. It says that in what we just learned, as we examine the nature of man's existence, since he is the purpose of the entire creation, and we learned that God desired to give man the task of perfecting himself, and he therefore created him as a combination of two separate entities, the body and the soul. And the body is of a coarse nature and is a source of all man's imperfections. The soul is elevated and pure and has the task of perfecting and purifying the body. And in this world, the soul's power is greatly reduced, with the result that man has to struggle with the negative desires of the body and earn reward. And everything elevated and holy comes into the world through the revelation of God's presence, while everything coarse and physical is a result of the concealment of his presence. Man's soul is derived from the revelation of God's presence and the body is derived from its concealment. And so therefore, when man makes his soul prevail over his body, he becomes infused with the light of God's presence. But if his body prevails, he becomes immersed in darkness and ignorance. And the correspondence between the divine attributes of concealment and revelation and the forms of the body and soul is very exact. The body has many different parts with each with its own function and is infused with a life-giving soul that is one and indivisible. And so too the attribute of concealment has many different parts, each with its own specific function and is infused with the infinite, with the infinite and indivisible life of God's perfection. But since God uses specific elements of the attribute of concealment to see and hear what happens in the world, so too the soul uses specific parts of the body to see and hear. And just as God's divine light will eventually elevate and rectify the attribute of concealment, so too the soul will eventually elevate and perfect the body. The balance between the attributes of revelation and concealment changes during the different epochs of time, thus causing a fundamental change in the relationship between soul and body. And during the 6,000 years of world history, the attribute of concealment is dominant. And this means that the influence of the body is dominant over that of the soul. In the seventh millennium, the attribute of revelation will become dominant. Through there will still be some concealment. This means that the influence of the soul will dominate that of the body, though the body will still have some minimal influence. At the end of the seventh millennium, the revelation of God's light will become complete. And this means that the body will cease to have any influence and will hardly be noticeable. And at this time, all of existence will be completely renewed in an internal form. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.